Today is Wednesday, October 12, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. President Biden admits we could be heading for a recession. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Joining me, as always, to get through the news of the Cray, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire. What's going on, guys? Happy Wednesday. Living the dream. Excited to be here. Right? Another day in paradise. <laughs> At 7 a.m. paradise. 7 a.m. What better know. What better place to be than with us? So God bless <laughs> you for being here. We are glad you're here. Bunch of stories coming up. Busy day, as always, to get through. Harry Lennox coming up on the main thing today. He's known for the NBC hit series, The Blacklist, stopping by to talk about the real issue plaguing modern culture. That's our main thing today. Also going to be taking a look at Armenia and what's going on there. It's a crazy situation. Obviously, Christians should um, be concerned about any strife like this, but there's a lot of reasons why we should be engaged with this one as well. We'll get into all of that and more, but first we'll head through some of the headlines here in 90 seconds. During an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper, President Biden admitted we could be in for a recession. Here's a bit of that interview. Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now how every every six months they say this. Every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't. There, there has. There is no. There's no guarantee that they're going to be. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. And many criticized the president's comments, noting. There is plenty of economic pain to go around right now, including record high inflation and gas prices. Biden also tried to dismiss questions and concerns about his age in regards to if he'll run again, claiming he's gotten more done in his first two years than any president in recent history. And the girlfriend of a high school football star who was shot and killed is forgiving the suspects. Bailey Reedling spoke to media about the death of Elijah DeWitt, who is an 18-year-old star football player nicknamed Easy E by Cam Newton of the NFL. Uh, He suffered a fatal gunshot wound in the parking lot of a mall in Georgia back on October 5th. And his girlfriend said, Elijah would forgive them, so I'm going to. There's something in my heart telling me to. And following the Supreme Court's ruling overturning Roe v. Wade, the Georgia Department of Revenue announced that residents can claim a personal exemption of $3,000 for each unborn child. It's called the Living Infants Fairness and Equality Act or Life Act. Those are just some of the headlines today. You can read more over at cbnnews.com. Guys, a lot going on today. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed by this uh, young woman's um, forgiveness in the face of a tragedy. Um, it's obviously a sad situation. The details are still coming in on that one as to what exactly happened. But uh, sad nonetheless, but but always good to see when somebody puts forgiveness uh, to the forefront in a tough situation. Yeah. And, you know, it's always amazing when we see these stories and we have a chance to elevate them. I mean, at the same time, there's a little part of me that always gets a little bit surprised and sad that that kind of reaction happens to forgiveness, which should be such a normal thing. But it's almost countercultural now. Well, it's just, it's so difficult, right? That's what sets or should set Christians apart as we should be forgiving because it's so countercultural that it will cause people to pause and be like, wow, how are you 
How are you able to do that? And of course, as believers, we know that that's, we're only able to do it because of the power of the Holy Spirit, right? That's sanctification. There's no way that in our own strength, we could ever come close to forgiving somebody uh, for, for harming us or harming a loved one. Or you know, There's just no way that in our own strength, we could do that. No, and, and forgiveness is not a natural thing. I think that natural tendency for us as, as fallen individuals is for vengeance Right. Some sort of revenge, you know, we need to, they need justice. I mean, justice needs to be done, yes, but more from like a vengeance perspective. But of course, we know scripture says, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And at times we have to hand that over to him and trust that he is going to serve the ultimate justice. And her expression of forgiveness here is the right one, even though it's it's the tough one. So obviously prayers to that family there uh, going through that terrible loss of life. And she also, by the way, had the interesting um, awareness to say, hey, this is tragic. We're suffering, but this isn't the only crime. This is happening all over the country. So in spite of the fact that it's hit close to home to them, she's realizing that a lot of people suffer uh, similar circumstances. And so her expression of forgiveness seems to be aware of the fact that other people may look to that and possibly uh, kind of do the same thing. So, uh, again, prayers up for that situation. Let's move into our uh, next story here. And Armenia, Billy, and this is a complicated one. There's a lot going on to it. Where where do you want to start on what's going on there right now? I guess, you know, we can kind of start on, you know, last month, September 13th, there was really a pretty scary clash between Azer- Azerbaijan which is always a fun nation to say, and Armenia. And these two have been going at it for quite a long time. Um, but it's really important to note that Armenia, which is really the world's first Christian country, mm. um, as far as we know it historically, Armenia has gone through a lot over the years. And they're much weaker militarily and in almost every other way than Azerbaijan. And so the two of them fighting, it's really not a fair fight. But on September 13th, there was a clash, and as far as we've heard from Armenia, it was Azerbaijan, troops from their side, basically bombing and shelling for 48 straight hours into Armenia. Um, and this was a pretty startling development. Again, there's lots of details you know, that sort of underpins this, but because the two of them have sort of had a ceasefire, so this was unexpected, and we have another ceasefire now, but there are a lot of fears among people in you know, the relief community, the Christian relief community, that this could really devolve. So why does this, I mean, obviously we're here, Armenia is way over there. Why does, should this story matter to the average American listening to this podcast? You know, it matters for a lot of reasons. You know, there's sort of this colliding interest between, you know, A, Christians, right? If we're Christians and we care about our brothers and sisters in Christ, you have Armenians who are predominantly Christian going through something very difficult. But there's also, you know, a a political dynamic to this. If you look at the scenario there, believe it or not, Russia tends to be the force that keeps Azerbaijan and Armenia calm. They're the ones that step in traditionally. And what's going on with Russia? They're in the middle of chaos with Ukraine that they've created. And so because of that, you have instability. And instability, the fact that this is actually happening now, it's directly tied to what is going on most likely with Russia. They see an in and they see Russia weakening with what's going on in Ukraine. And so there's really an international stake, but for America also um, a real stake for our country in trying to keep the peace and control there. 
And so what role are we playing knowing that we do have interest there? What role and what actions, if any, are the U.S. Uh, taking right now? Yeah, so the U.S. Uh, reportedly stepped in to try and broker this ceasefire. Um, it seemed like Russia was sort of involved in that as well. Um, but again, we don't know how long that's going to hold. And I think we have to look at this and realize that the U.S. is always looking to diminish Russia's influence in that region, right? So if you have a scenario where there's an opportunity for America to diminish their they're influenced by being present there and getting more involved, I think you're probably going to see that happen. Of course, it's also the right thing to do. You have a weak country up against a very strong country. And, you know, there's some weird parallels here between Israel and what goes on with Israel and the surrounding countries and what's happening with Armenia. I'm mm -hmm. um, just a quick note inside Azerbaijan, they create caricatures of the Armenians. They use them as sort of a scapegoat for the problems they have in their country. So really strange parallels that I think morally maybe speak to a need for involvement. Yeah. So how can we be praying for people in Armenia and, and for the situation as a whole? I think praying for peace, obviously, but also praying for our leaders in America, their leaders there. You're dealing with a situation that has so many different stakeholders. And by the way, they're fighting over this plot of land in between the two countries, um, Nagorno-Karabakh, it's called. And there are a lot of Christians there as well that we need to be praying for their safety. Mm. It's, a, it's a crazy situation. And um, thank you for shedding some more light on it. And, you know, I think of this, the Armenian genocide, too. This is this has been an issue that American presidents have had in the past struggled with Obama and all the ones before him just refused to, you know, kind of publicly make declarations on declarations on it. Um, and so, you know, Armenia kind of gets that treatment, as you were saying, uh, in yeah. a similar fashion to what happens to Israel sometimes. And just one other note on that, because, you know, you've got a million to 1.5 um, people who were killed in the Armenian genocide. And we actually write about that on Faith Wire. You can read about it. Um, and that was in 1915. But after that ended, Russia took control of Armenia. Mm. Armenia and Azerbaijan were both part of the Soviet Union. And so they endured another 70 years of persecution as Christians under the Soviet Union. So these people have been through a lot. You know, I think one of the most compelling things, Billy, about the story you wrote in the interview that you were able to do with Joel uh, Veldkamp is uh, this comment that he made. It's about, I guess, like halfway through the story. So you can go to CBN News and, and Faithor and you can read the whole thing. But um, he said, as believers, we should look at Armenia and say, this is the oldest Christian country in the world. They've held on to Christianity through genocide, through Soviet communism, through gulags, and they're hanging on to life now. And that they have some of the oldest Christian traditions in the world and they need our help. So I think he sums it up perfectly right there as to why we as believers should be prayerful and should care about this issue, right? Like it, that, that to me brings it home as to why it matters for us as Christians here in the West that we're aware of and prayerful for the people uh, of Armenia. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I would definitely encourage everyone to head on over to uh, Faithwire and CBN, like Trey said, and check out that story. I'll also drop it in the uh, description to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Billy, thanks for bringing that one to us today. That leads us into our main thing. Harry Lennox, known for the NBC hit series, The Blacklist. He sat down with Trey to discuss what he sees as the real issue plaguing modern culture right now. Much of it centers on society's dismissal of God and the elevation of self. That conversation is today's main thing. 
Not only are Americans increasingly cynical about their government, they're also trusting one another less and less. In 2019, nearly 80% of Americans said they had too little trust in each other. That's according to a Pew Research survey, a trend one Hollywood star said he believes is the result of a cultural denial of God and the rise of the New Age. Harry Lennox, known for his role in the hit NBC crime drama The Blacklist, tells us he believes the real issue plaguing society is the elevation of self, the dismissal of God from the public square, and the rise in self-centered humanism. The solution, he said, is in humility. Here's part of our conversation. Yes, I think, I think the real issue is uh, the, the cynicism of, of modernity, of the culture now, the kind of insistence that there would be a abdication for God, a denial of God in the name of whatever this is, of the new age, of, of the computer age, of intelligence, of our own humanism. And, and I think there has to be a willingness uh, and, a, and, a, and a modeling of humility that's really what I think the answer to it is. And when you see the character Scott Beck, you know, and, and nothing is impossible. Even to that extent, uh, you know, the, the character Ryan Akins played by Nadia Bjorlund, my dear friend, uh, that you see the modeling of people who are willing to humble themselves. We have to go to the example of Christ himself who came in the flesh uh, to be our perfect guide and our, our perfect example of the benefits of humility. The movie Lennox is referring to, Nothing is Impossible, is his latest project, a film for the Christian streaming platform, Pureflix. The movie is available now on pureflix.com. Interestingly, Lennox had other plans when he was younger. That is, plans other than acting. He studied initially to be a priest. Now, as a celebrity, he sees commonalities between ministry and entertainment. Here's what he had to say about the unanticipated turn his life took. Well, I'd like to think, Trey, that, uh, that there's some continuity between those two, a kind of, uh, um, as it were, uh, a, a symbiotic, symbiotic relationship. You know, all of really theater, as we know, and acting, as we know it, all of these things arose out of religious festivals back in ancient uh, mm. Greece there, somewhere around there. Uh, people like Thespis, and all of those were religious festivals. So I think to separate those two is actually the real radical act trying to reunite them in some way is actually, I think, the, the thing to do. But that said, uh, I've always been taken with the kind of, uh, uh, I've been fascinated, as it were, with the mystery and the pageantry and the ritual of the Catholic mass of uh, any other really forms of worship, whether it be uh, Jewish synagogues, Baptist churches, or any number of houses of faith, because there is an inherent theatricality to it. And perhaps it was that that got me uh, interested in becoming an actor. I think it, mm. it was in um, seminary when I first started doing plays and so forth. Uh, and so I think it was sort of just a natural evolution. My way of doing ministry now is through, I hope, will be and continue to be through using this gift that God gave me uh, and God gave to others to work together to bring praise and glory and inspiration, relief, you know, to the people who need it most. And this is, so this is really the way that I do that. Naturally, a lot of Christians are conflicted about Hollywood, skeptical about how much good can come from the entertainment capital of the world. Lennox had a message on that too. 
well, not all of Hollywood is the same, you know, it's not, it's not all a godless, uh, uh, you know, hedonistic playground. There, uh, you know, some of what uh, gave birth to it was the inspiration, uh, the possibilities of using this medium as a way to spread a message. Uh, the message, of course, that we are interested in, at least in, in this uh, particular case, uh, is the message of the gospel. But it is a message giver. And, 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 and I think that, um, you know, as long as we set the example, as long as we continue to be the light at the top of the hill, then I think that it is own attraction. Uh, so uh, there is hope. Uh, there's clearly, you know, Pure Flix and, 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 uh, and its founders have been very successful at this in spite of all the odds. That we know that there is a way, and we know that, and, and there's a living example of it going on. So I'd say, uh, stay strong, stay courageous, stay humble, and uh, and just like the character Scott Beck, we'll learn that nothing is impossible. All right, Trey, thanks for that conversation there, and that leaves us with time for one last thing today, guys. And something actually positive happened at a Starbucks. I mean. Not that I'm anti-Starbucks or anything, only slightly. But anyway, I digress. Something good happened there. Yeah, th there was a woman who uh, was in the drive-thru and she observed the barista basically stopping to pray with somebody in the drive-thru line. And it really just resonated with her. She was with her 14-year-old son. And so long story short, they snapped a picture of the end of the prayer um, and posted it on social media and people have kind of gone wild over it. They've, they've loved it. I think it's such, such a powerful story when you as a parent, I'm sure it, it has to be um, encouraging when you as a parent can see something happening and it can be a teaching moment uh, with your child. But this whole story just reminded me of Philippians 4, 6 and 7, where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. I think this story should just be a, a, a perfect reminder uh, of, of how we have to orient ourselves toward prayer because it's so easy to get overwhelmed and bogged yeah. down with all the craziness of the world. But if we're prayerful in our daily life about everything, I don't know about y'all, but that just gives me such a peace of mind to know that uh, God's got it, even if yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah, and it is convicting, though, because, I mean, you see that multiple times in Scripture, the call for us to yeah. pray ceaselessly and pray without ceasing and c continue to pray and always be in prayer. And, you know, Paul, when he's addressing in his letters, he's addressing fellow believers and he's saying, I'm constantly in prayer for you. Um, it's a reminder that we need to be doing the same. And at least it's convicting yeah. for me because, of course, I know I could always pray more and um, be relying on it more. But, uh, uh, you know, you, you, like you said, Trey, you get caught in the busyness of life. Things happen and you forget. Well, let this be your reminder. Let's uh, be praying early and often um, for a whole host of things. So that is all the time we have for this episode. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise on us. We'll be back here tomorrow with more Friday Junior coming up next. <laughs>